Hello again, everyone. My name is David Bastel, alongside special guest host, Taria 2022 President Stacey Evoy. And this is the Real Estate Edition podcast. Coming up on the show, spring is here, and it's time to think about the cottage. Are you renting or perhaps... You're already there. Michelle Kelly from Cottage Life Magazine answers everything you need to know. And Stacey, this was a really awesome conversation with her, wasn't it? It sure was. It's interesting to hear how gas prices are affecting people going to their cottages and not just us city folk. Yeah, fantastic uh, description there and and something that we'll dig right deep into on this podcast. But before that, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening today. And now, our conversation with Michelle Kelly. You're listening to this month's episode of The Real Estate Edition with host David Bastel. For our listeners, this is Michelle's fifth time on the Real Estate Edition podcast. It's been tremendous. And for any of you who may not know who Michelle is, Michelle, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your position at Cottage Life? Yeah, sure. Um, so first of all, thank you for having me on. It's really great to be back. I can't believe it's been five times. That's, that's Where has the time gone? Um, <laughs> I am the editor of Cottage Life magazine, and I also host the Cottage Life podcast, which is we're coming out with season three in just a couple of months, uh, just in time for summer. And I, as part of my job, I oversee the content on uh, cottagelife.com, on our social channels, um, videos that we produce, and um, also do some work with the Cottage Life shows, the consumer shows. We just had our last one in Ottawa uh, for the season. Um, we had the Spring Cottage Life show. We have the Ottawa Cottage Life show. We have the Fall Cottage Life show. Um, and that's all in person this year, which we were really excited about. So I'm kind of dabble with that a little bit and support the team where I can. And um, yeah, so mainly we, we just make cottage content and we make it across every platform we can think of, essentially. I can't think of a content, uh, Michelle, that would be more fun than uh, dealing with cottages and things that people are really passionate about. I'm going to ask you the next question. Sure. What do you think it is that makes having a cottage or renting one specifically in an Ontario so popular? Yeah, I mean, it's funny you ask me that question, Stacey, because it's kind of the thing that we are constantly trying to pin down for we're in 35 years cottage life is 35 this year so it's been that's what we talk about almost everything every piece of content we make sort of plays on that what is the thing what's the secret sauce and the truth is you know ontario cottage country i've said so many times there is no better place on earth than july in ontario it is it is just and i'm actually quite partial to september as well if i'm being honest um it's just so beautiful the fact that we have so many lakes it's you know really a special thing nowhere in the world is like that and i think that canadians in general really like to get outside they they enjoy you know being in nature and doing it at the cottage is perfect because um it's a really nice place you know obviously you get away you relax unplug which is you know really hard to do these days but also it's the thing i think that i hear most from cottagers cottagers is that being at the cottage is amazing for their family and I and I think that there's no um you know when I think back about my own family growing up we had a cottage in the Rita Lakes and all of my best memories as a child were there you know it was just and not, it's not even anything special it's not even remember the time where we did this one big thing it's like remember all, all those days where we'd 
just swim in the water until our hands were wrinkled and then we'd catch frogs and then we'd, you know, make s'mores and do all those things are kind of like a stereotype about being outdoors in Canada. But that, you know, is really the foundation of, of um, our family life. And I think that's true for many cottagers. And we hear that all the time. People like to come and be with their family and chill out in nature and relax and reflect and just appreciate that we're Canadian and that we have this access to this wonderful place. Michelle, I grew up on the water, uh, surrounded by water. Sarnia is my hometown. Oh, nice. Uh, so unless you've seen a Grand Bend sunset, I think you haven't lived. But I, I would argue yeah. we have some of the best sunsets in Ontario. Um, we don't have a cottage, but I totally agree. Um, having four kids myself, uh, we, that's what we look forward to every summer is renting a cottage somewhere new, checking mm-hmm. out a new area. And uh, it's so true. Those are the memories uh, that the kids hold on to for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's uh, really, really true. A lot of those stories just ring true with me as well. So um, we we talked about this last year, Michelle, and, and it's funny. It's, it's true once again this year. The cottage market is more popular than ever. Um, what are some of your thoughts of the influx of people looking to buy a cottage uh, this year or at least looking to purchase? And what are you hearing that's different from this year as opposed to last year? Or are we looking kind of like the same sort of situations because I, I hear similar stories, but I also hear different ones. What about you? Yeah, I mean, great question. And I, it's funny, I've been, before the pandemic, people used to say, to me, how do I get a bargain? How do I get a good deal <laughs> on a cottage? That was what people would ask me all the time. And now they ask me, how do I find a cottage listing? <laughs> they don't care. They don't seem to care how much it's going to cost. They're just excited if they can find one that is you know, got half the things on their list, if half the things on their list that they want. It's so hard to get a cottage right now if there's just such a scarcity of listings. And I think um, that is something that's been true, I think, since the beginning of the pandemic. And I don't, I'm not hearing anything terribly different. Um, Just this weekend, I was at the Cottage Life Show in Ottawa, as I mentioned, and I was chatting with a a real estate, a realtor in uh, Lando Lakes. And she was telling me, um, I was saying we had just published a piece on cottagelife.com about how Land of Lakes had a larger gain in prices than anywhere else in uh, Canada, according to a recent REMAX property report. Um, I'm sorry, it might be anywhere in Ontario, but at any rate, is a very high gainer. And she was saying, yeah, you know, you get one property and then it's, it's, it's a high, it's, it's a huge gain, but there's just one property. I am not to say that's what's happening there, but that is in fact, you know, impacting those statistics. Right. So to me, that sort of says that there is this impression that prices have skyrocketed, but I think you have to temper that impression with the fact there's just not that many listings. So if you get one and it's got, it goes for a lot less, it drives that statistic up. So I think, you know, the, the continued story there is just that there is a scarcity of listings. And I think that's just leading more people, um, to sort of look for more um, strategic ways to get into the market. One thing, of course, that we've heard before, but we're hearing more and more of is people sharing. Um, so you can you can increase your budget and that gives you access to more listings if you go in on a, on a cottage purchase with another person or another family. And I think that's becoming a lot more common and it makes perfect sense. I mean, if you think about a cottage, for most people, it's your second secondary property. So there's no reason why you can't comfortably share it. I know you know cottagers who own one cottage and use it typically. Uh, that is to say, they go up on the weekends or maybe a couple of weeks in the summer here and there. 
you know, they're not there for the vast majority of time. So if there's someone else who can use it and they can um, save money in the process, then that's what they're doing. It does make a lot of sense. So, you know, that's a huge trend for sure. The other trend, and you may, you may be asking me this next, I'm going to, I suspect you're going to ask me about this, which is renting. Yep. And of course, that's a whole other way for more people to get into the market. And of course, for more people to understand that it's such a great lifestyle and sort of getting people um, turned on to the whole lifestyle through renting is a big thing. And, you know, again, that's helping a lot of people who maybe couldn't afford the full price of a cottage to use full time as their own. They're buying a cottage knowing that they can make, you know, tens of thousands of dollars a year renting it. And that's making it more affordable, which again is necessary given how expensive the prices are right now. So, you know, lots of different things kind of confluent in making a difference to the overall trends in the market. And, you know, it's impacting everyone. And last year, we also talked about the influx of millennial cottage buyers. Are, are, what are you hearing about that age group gravitating towards buying cottages this year? Yeah, I mean, I have to admit, it's not. I'm not hearing a lot specifically about that age group, but I think that's probably because there's just not a lot of buyers. You know, there's less buyers than there was maybe even last year, certainly before that. But um, I think, you know, it, what is definitely true is that, you know, the work from home culture, the, the basically the massive transition that we've all gone, um, taken on in the last two years of working from our city homes or sorry, working remotely. So not having to work in our office has meant that more people can look at the cottage as a viable, you know, you can go further. If you live in Toronto, maybe you would only have driven two to three hours in 2019. And that would have seemed like a lot because you were only able to go there, you know, for the weekends. Well, now that you can go there for a week without taking any time off or even extending your weekend by a day or two on either end, it's like the city has become the weekend place and the cottage has become the week place. And I think that's it. Obviously, there's much has been written and, and talked about in the younger generations is just being more open to that kind of flexible lifestyle. I know, you know, for me, I'm kind of, uh, I guess I'm Gen X. I'm, I'm not a millennial. I have little kids. We're tied to the city in ways that you know, we makes it not as flexible for us to be working remotely. Um, but if I didn't have kids and I was open to the lifestyle, yeah, that'd be great. Take me to the cottage for five days of the week and I'll pop into the office for two days. And that sounds great to me. And I think that that's um, definitely a shift that's happening amongst not so much millennials, but and even Gen Z, right? Gen Z, Gen Z that's coming up. So um I think I think it's hard to talk about. I find it hard to talk about any of these trends based on demographics in the last few years, specifically because I think still cottage ownership is is still a big step for a lot of those people. So it's not a very large sample that I can tell. You you kind of segue into uh, the next question I had for you, which is how has cottaging changed for you over the years? And I know with the pandemic there were lots of changes. Have you noticed a correlation between the popularity of cottages? And how the smaller cottage towns have changed or adapted to keep up? What a good question! And again, I'll point to something that I, I a conversation that I had at the cottage, uh, the cottage life show in Ottawa on the weekend. There's a little town called Westport in eastern Ontario, which is absolutely beautiful. And um, I, in fact, grew up going to this town in the summers, and I have a lot of family in the area. And, there was a booth at the Cottage Life show in Ottawa that had um, a young guy, and he was selling um, he was selling houses in a what is a subdivision in Westford, Ontario, which is a town of seven hundred people. So it was a little town, 
And he told me the price of these places and I nearly fell over because when I think of Westport, it's a little town that's not really on the way to anywhere. You have to sort of know it's there to try to get to it. And here he was selling these places. I think it was $600,000 for, you know, not a very large four season home with all services, but not that big. And I was thinking to myself how, um, you know, if you had told me that three years ago, I would have laughed. Like, un- it's just unbelievable to me. But now it makes a lot of sense. Westport's an absolutely beautiful place. It's 45 minutes from Kingston. It's about an hour and 15 minutes from Ottawa. Why not buy a house in, in Westport? So I think that is changing. You know, I think what's great for a little town like that is that younger people are coming in and they've got new ideas and they're going to build new businesses and support new businesses. And that's great for for the town and that's great for growth. And um, I think that Westport's just one example of that happening all over. And, you know, we see that certainly Collingwood has just exploded in popularity, not a typical cottage town. Obviously, Collingwood's quite a bit bigger and they have more of a winter culture there than a lot of sort of typical cottage towns. But so many people going up, building subdivisions. And I know like develop overdevelopment is an issue in that town. So I think that's something that, you know, a lot of smaller towns are going to have to keep their eye on to make sure that it's great to have the influx of people, but they need to be careful about how they set the town up and making sure that their, you know, environmental issues are are certainly a concern in some areas and just making sure that their um, town can support um, the population that's that's moving in and in all sorts of different ways, from be it childcare or getting enough getting enough infrastructure for your water, which I think is a, is an issue in Collingwood or, or used to be. So I, I think um, you know there, we need to see some thoughtful development. Um, but I think overall, it's kind of an interesting trend that's just keeping more um, you know growing our rural communities in interesting ways. Yeah, definitely. So uh, with with regards to my next question, this is something that concerns us uh, just as day-to-day citizens uh, anywhere on this planet, not let alone Ontario, but the price of gas right now continues to skyrocket. Mm-hmm. There's even some talk that, you know what, there there's a potential of $2 a liter coming up in summer, which is which is a lot more than what anybody ever thought. Uh, with regards to trips to the cottage and sometimes people driving two, three, four hours, there's going to be an, uh, a little bit of an expense that's towards that. So do you think this will have an impact uh, on people traveling or will this not affect people at all? And they're going to go because they want to go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, we're moving a little bit outside of my expertise. I'm, I'm certainly no expert when it comes to economics and gas prices and all of that, but I, I can say, you know, most of the cottagers I know, they bought their cottage and it is their happy place. It is their passion. It is the place that they love above all others. So if they're going to have to spend 15 more cents a kilometer getting up there, then they're going to do it. Um, so I think that, yeah, yes, it's going to be a hardship for them. It, and maybe, you know, maybe it's it's just less driving back and forth. And, you know, that kind of leads into what I was saying earlier, that that's the city is the new weekend home and the cottage is the new uh, city home in the sense that perhaps you don't go back and forth if you can work remotely and that's going to cut down on your gas prices. So it costs more to take a trip, but you're taking fewer trips over the course of the summer. I can see that being a, a really viable solution for people. I also think that there's no question that more cottagers are interested in electric vehicles. And I think we're going to see that, um, you know, again, this is a, a little bit outside my expertise, but I could say that anecdotally, you know, we get a lot of cottagers ask us, you know, I'm a little bit worried about electronic or sorry, electric vehicles, because I don't know if they have the range that I need. 
But with the government, you know, putting more funding into that and charging stations and all that, I think that that will help to negate some of these issues of affordability when it comes to gas. And I think, too, cottagers tend to be a little bit wealthier. So I think it hits them less than it would someone who is, you know, not able to afford a second home. Frankly, you know, truthfully, I think while I don't love to perpetuate the stereotype that cottagers are rich, certainly they do own a second home. They do have a little bit more capital. So I think that that you know, might soften the blow a little bit for them. Um, But yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think that it's a lot's going on. I also just, we did a story that they're starting to introduce a train service to Muskoka from Toronto. I'm interested to see. It's kind of an interesting thing if people will say, oh, hey, well, it's going to cost me more to drive up than it is for me to take the train. Maybe I'll take the train. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes this summer, to be honest with you, because of course, things are so much different now than they were just, you know, 12 months ago. So, it, you know, we'll keep our eye on that. I would uh, I would take the train, Michelle, just to avoid sitting in traffic. So that would actually make uh, cottage country way more appealing to me to uh, not be sitting on Highway 400 going north on a Friday. So I hope that really takes off and that people will use that service and, you know, then they will just expand the service. And this actually talking about gas leads us really nicely into our next question because it's about Internet. And uh, we've heard a lot about this, I think, specifically over the pandemic. And you've talked a little bit about it in terms of uh, people switching their thinking and working from the cottage during the week and maybe heading into the city on the weekend. But uh, I'm just curious to know um, if you still feel buyers are looking at Wi-Fi as being a must-have when they're searching for a cottage or recreational property and knowing that they may be working remotely. Yeah, I mean, you can't, it, the, the working remotely situation falls completely apart if you can't connect. You know, that's obviously a massive thing. I think that coverage is like getting better and better all the time. There's, I know the government again is making big promises and pushes to have, you know, full coverage uh, in rural areas, which is, um, you know, just going to make it easier um, for people to, to sort of be working remotely. Interestingly, I do think that there's a small sliver of um, maybe not so small, actually, of people who are don't want to connect. They don't. I just spoke to a couple this weekend who were bragging to me about how we can't even get internet at our cottage, and they were so excited about it. And I and that you know makes a lot of sense to me as someone who is constantly connected. Um, you know, in my day to day life, I'm always on my phone or on my computer or on a video or wherever, and it's tiring. <laughs> Sometimes you just want to it's hard to quit it. We're all kind of addicted, right? So I think some people look for that specifically. I don't want to have that temptation there. I really want to unplug, which of course is like part of the cottage culture. So I, I, you know, it could cut both ways. The cottage uh, we had last summer had no internet. You had to climb 80 stairs, (laughs) but I have to tell you taking the kids, first of all, I had to break it to them a week prior that there'd be no internet And secondly, you know what, it was really nice, like you being a working realtor, you know, I'm always on my phone. And uh, it was really nice to sort of just be able to disconnect and recharge without sort of thinking about the phone. Oh, I mean, it's funny, too. I know with my kids, uh, when we go to we actually have rented a cottage on Lake Huron as well near King Carter. And I agree with you, the sunsets are pretty spectacular. Um, And when we're up there, we we don't let our kids well, we discourage them heavily from being on their iPads. 
And they're, they complain about it at the beginning and then they seem to be okay. So it's like, you kind of have to break the habit and it, you really do feel more refreshed at the end of the week. So yeah, I think it's a great thing. Yeah. Excellent. So let's talk about, and this might be a tough one to, to zero in on exactly what we're going to get at here, but let's talk about hot, the hot cottage country market and hot uh, locations. So we know Muskoka is very popular. The Kortha's always very popular, but is there any new emerging places that you're hearing about this season that we may not have touched on in the past or people might go, ah, diamond in the rough, let's go there. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's that kind of that old thing. If you draw a large circle around the large urban centers and the further you get out from the urban center, uh, the sort of traditionally less desirable cottage areas were, you know, so, which is why Muskoka is, you know, the place that it is because it's relatively easy, accessible and close to Toronto. But if you go beyond Muskoka and you drive, say, three and a half hours or even more, you're going to find places, you're going to find more value for your money still. Um, and you're also going to find um, maybe more privacy. There's lots to offer, right? And I think now that people are spending more time at their cottage and not tied to that weekend commuting schedule, that's, a, that's okay. It's okay to drive four hours because you're going to stay there for five days. We just did a story actually in uh, our spring issue this year. And it was, um, we sort of, our working title for it was, They've come from away. And it was about a little community, um, St. Joseph Island, which is just outside of the Sioux, so far from Toronto. And people who were moving up there from Toronto to go, you know, doing just what I'm saying, like a sizable increasing trend is people going to there to cottage, which is which is really a haul here from Toronto. But people are doing it because they have more time there. Another area I always talk about, and I think it's still, there's a lot of value is sort of Eastern Ontario. Um, and again, that's like, if you drive four hours East, you're going to get into, there's lots of lakes and there's not as much uh, development there. There's not, uh, it's not, certainly you're not playing Muskoka prices. And I think that that's still true. Like I still think that if you just kind of go East instead of going North, you might find something still the beautiful rock and pine and a lot, you know, that looks very similar, similar feel, gorgeous lakes, deep lakes. Um, so I always say to people over there and then, and I think too, um, Prince Edward County has become, I mean, we all know this, it's become so popular. It's just completely different place than it was sort of 20 years ago. Um, and you know, it's kind of a nice different lifestyle. You can have a real like social life and there's lots of great vineyards and wineries and restaurants and gastropubs and all that kind of stuff. And, and people love that. That's, that's fun and antiquing. It's kind of got a really a more fun vibe, if you will. And I think that there's, there's people who see a cottage there as, as equally as attractive as someone who, you know, wants to sit on a rock in the middle of Georgian Bay. It's just a different thing. You're giving me tons of great ideas about where I want to travel to this summer. So thank you for that. You anticipated the next uh, question earlier on, and it's uh, with regards to cottage rentals. So as we approach the summer season, and I imagine a lot of rentals are already booked up, What advice do you have for people who want to squeeze in a last minute getaway in Ontario this year? Yeah, so you're right. It's hard. It's hard to get a rental listing um, right now because uh, there isn't a ton of supply. People who are looking to buy are sort of being forced to rent because of the lack of listings. Um, I I know that on cottagelife.com slash rentals, we have a partnership with Verbo. So we have access to all of their listings through our website. And um, there are still places available. So really you have to look, you have, it's better to be flexible with 
dates. That's a big thing. So you, you may not be able to get that, you know, long weekend in July week right now, uh, certainly at the place that you really want. Um, but there are, if you're flexible with your date and with your budget, there's definitely availability if you just serve patient and looking for it. Um, so that, so that's a big thing. And I also think, you know, looking outside, like just what I was saying about, you know, new areas, like looking outside of the traditional Muskoka, Georgian Bay, um, Kawartha's kind of Halliburton area, you, you might, um, you might not even know that there's cottage country in other areas and that's a nice place to look. And, you know, the other thing with renting is it's people who are looking to buy and can't find a listing. I always say, well, this is great. You should rent because renting is such a good gateway because you can figure out where you want to be. You know, you were talking earlier about going to Lake Huron, which a lot of people don't even know about Lake Huron and it's spectacular. So rent a cottage on Lake Huron for a week. Maybe you'll fall in love in a way you didn't anticipate. So um, those are kind of my tips for getting around the lack of rental listings. Although I, I, it is not easy, like you, but you really... Um, it, I think just being flexible helps the most. Is there, you know, what building off of that, is there is there websites outside of uh, obviously, you know, cottage life is a go to, but you guys can't possibly cover every single thing possible. Um, but you guys come close. Uh, is is there websites <laughs> or yeah, exactly? Is there is there websites or anything like that you kind of rely on yourself when you're scouting out areas? Uh, I, I know a lot of people go to Reddit for different things and go, oh, you know, but but then again, you have you have both sides of it. But is there something maybe you go to where, you know what, I want to know more about place X. Tell me more about that. Is, what about for you, Michelle? Yeah, I mean, okay, so you may not believe me when I say this, but like we really do know cottage country because we go there and we have writers there and we have sources there. And this is, you know, I know myself, I've worked at Cottage Life for 23 years. That's a lot of, I visited hundreds of cottages and, you know, many before, I even worked there. I visited many cottages. So um, I think over that amount of time, we really have built up our expertise in knowing um, what the different areas are, what they offer. Um, all the years of going to the Cottage Life show and standing around all weekend and chatting with cottagers from all across Ontario, like you learn something new all the time. And I think I've probably, I must have broken 40 shows by this point. So um, you know, that is really the work that we do is we talk to people in cottage country and we have lots of realtors that are on our source list. And we, um, you know, all of our writers who most of whom are in cottage country, a lot of whom are in cottage country, I should say. Um, so honestly, th that is the work we do. It's, we think of it as more primary research, um, than, than anything else. And just being as chatty as possible, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, which has worked for us, I think, um. Yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. No, it does, and it leads and it leads me to my next question because it was my segue, and you built it up well uh, into the the real estate news weather uh, uh, letter called the key. Um, where yes, can, where can they, see there you go where where can you where can we sign up for this if we haven't already because I know a lot of the our listeners today are are, are subscribers as well but where can we uh, sign up and and what can we expect on that newsletter very similar to what we were just talking about. Yeah, so the key is our new e-newsletter comes out once every two weeks. It's free. Our tagline says it all. It's buy, sell, rent, dream. So this is for, um, you know, cottage real estate is like fascinating. If you own a cottage, you have no intention of buying a new cottage. You still want to know what the place down the lake went for. And you still want to know, um, you know, how 
what it is to rent out your cottage and maybe it's for you. And there's, you know, you can still be in the real estate game without actually being an active buyer or seller. So that's what this, 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 uh, newsletter focuses on it. it there will be listings from, from realtors, uh, present, um, cottages for sale. There'll be, um, rental listings for cottages for rent and also just discussion of the market trends. You know, I was talking about the big piece we did about they've come from away just earlier. So, so that kind of thing will be in the, in the, um in the newsletter um and also like if you're looking to rent out we just we recently had a piece about like making an owner's manual for your cottage so that people know um when they come to rent your place that they shouldn't put the wrong thing down your septic system or they know what to happen if there's an emergency or all that kind of stuff so the key it's really great um comprehensive it is uh you can sign up for that at cottagelife.com and please do um i think it's been it's been really popular so far and we've only just launched it so we're really excited about building that uh, through this summer. That's awesome. That's cool. Uh, anything else you'd like to share with us? What about an upcoming podcast uh, that uh, people yeah. could listen to on your way to the cottage? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we drop our new podcast every Thursday night with the exact idea that that's there for you on Friday when you get in the car and you go up to the cottage. Um, we are working on season three now. It comes out at the beginning of July and, um, we have season one and season two on all the podcast apps like Apple, iTunes, um, Spotify, all of the, um, all of the regular places you'd listen to a podcast. Um, and you can go back and listen to season one and two and it's all evergreen, really great chats. It's kind of nice. It's a good opportunity for me to chat with people who, you know, who maybe they've been a source in the magazine for a story and I can sort of dig into one little topic and, and get, you know, a, a deeper dive. And also just to share some of our previous essays and stories from some of our writers and some obviously Cottage Life, we always have a tip, at least one tip that you'll find useful at the lake. So it's a good opportunity to share that too. And um, kind of gets you in the cottage frame of mind, you know, half an hour on your way up. And it's good. We make sure that everyone in the car can listen to it. So it's all family friendly. So it's, um, it's really great. We're looking forward to season three, which will be launching at the beginning of July. Outstanding. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I hope I, I'll come for a sixth time. Before we go, I want to remind you that all ARIA members and their families have access to LifeWorks a well-being solution that provides users with 24-7 access to counselors, specialists, and self-guided resources for dealing with all of life's moments. Visit aria.com forward slash LifeWorks for more information and to access the service. And I have some exciting news to share. ARIA's Reality Plus Conference is coming to Toronto in November 2022, and you won't want to miss it. It is going to be the only conference of its kind bringing together the greatest minds in real estate, politics, and marketing all on one stage. And you won't believe the speakers we have lined up. Pre-register now for the event everyone will be talking about at realityconference.ca. We're thrilled to announce the launch of Season 2 of The Standard, a 10-week interactive video series where members get to connect with ARIA Standard Forms experts in real time. Visit aria.com forward slash the standard today for more information. And finally, don't forget to check out realheart.ca to read the inspiring stories of realtors giving back to their communities and to share your story. That's realheart.ca. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Real Estate Edition podcast. 
My name is David Bastel. Thank you for listening. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you again soon. Visit aria.com slash podcast for more information, links, and a full list of our episodes to date. New episodes are out the second Tuesday of every month.